We're Max 98.3, Myth uh, Madonna here at now 7.52. Mike, let's welcome to the Big Max Morning Show the one and only Sheriff Grady Judd. Good morning, sir. It's great to have you here. How are you today? Oh, we're doing well. We're doing very, very well, sir. Good, good. Hey, listen, we're going to start right in. We're going to jump right into uh, kind of a heavy subject here. Uh, Jennifer Crumbly was convicted of involuntary manslaughter in connection to her son's school shooting rampage in Michigan in 2011. I'm sorry, 2021, Ethan, her son, uh, with a semi-automatic gun, went to Oxford High School and shot and killed four people. She has now been found of guilty of involuntary manslaughter. The prosecution said uh, that she was a neglected mother who was more interested in her hobbies and an extramarital affair more than raising her son. She and her husband gave Ethan the semi-automatic gun several days before the shooting. The father, James Crumbly, will face involuntary manslaughter charges in a separate trial that begins next month. She, Jennifer, could see 15 years in jail. Ethan is spending the rest of his life in uh, behind bars. So, what is your opinion on this? Should she uh, be held accountable? You know, I don't know what they know. First off, I'm concerned when they start talking about her extramarital affair. Now, as you know, morally egregious as that may be, what's that got to do with, and how did that get into a criminal trial? But here's here's the reality. We deal with parents over and over and over that are in total denial that their children have significant issues. They think there's nothing wrong, despite all the experts telling them to the contrary. We also deal with a lot of parents that recognize their children have issues and are doing everything they can to get their children help. So it depends on which person you were dealing with here. I didn't follow that closely. I saw the headlines like everyone else did. But if she provided him guns and school officials, mental health counselors, law enforcement, whoever saying, hey, this kid's got a problem, this kid's got a problem, this kid's got a problem, then she absolutely should have faced criminal charges because parenting and raising children right start at home. And those other parents can't get their children back because you were neglectful in doing your duties and responsibilities. Now, on the other hand, if this was, no pun intended, a shot out of the dark, and he goes in and gets into the parents' guns that are appropriately secured in a safe, but he happens to know the serial number, and he smuggles the gun out and shoots somebody, and the parents had absolutely no clue which doesn't sound right to me, but then then I would have a hard time convicting. But the bottom line to it is there are telltale signs and warning signs ahead of time. And I'll give you one example. We dealt with a kid that showed every proclivity to be a problem to himself and to the community, a danger to the community. We tried to work with him and his dad, him and his dad, and and his dad didn't take it seriously, and finally we ended up charging the kid and getting him under sanctions so we could deal with him. And then his dad ignored the sanctions, and then we arrested dad, and it got real. And from that point forward, we've gotten cooperation from the family. Mm. But see, we had a dad that pushed back on us really, really hard, and we knew that his son had checked all the boxes to be a problem child if we didn't intervene. The difference 
cases, we intervened and we kept intervening until the point that we had to arrest Dad because he wouldn't do what was right. I suspect that's what happened up there, and Mom and Dad didn't intervene. You mentioned uh, if the parents had the guns locked away and and were trying to get the son help, and yet the son still broke into the safe and then committed these crimes. Uh, wasn't that the pretty much the exact same thing that happened uh, at the Sandy Hook Elementary? Uh, she was, uh, I believe, a very big gun supporter and had a safe full of guns, and her son knew the combination, got in, he killed his mom, and then went to Sandy Hook and killed 14 people. Wasn't that well, the same? I'm having to go back in my memory on that one. Yeah, that's because, 15 years ago or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but if I remember correctly, she bought him that gun knowing he had mental health issues. Okay. And that's that was the issue there. And how that worked out for her, she got killed, and then all those precious children got killed. Sure. But he had significant issues. See, these parents, what they are trying to do, they're enabling the, their children uh, by trying to do good things for them, thinking that that'll make things better rather than attacking the root of the problem. So the best I remember was Sandy Hook. Mom bought him that AR, knowing he had significant mental health issues. Okay. And that is a wrong thing to do. <laughs> yeah. She should buy, be buying him counseling uh, <laughs> sessions as opposed, to a, as opposed to a gun. So I agree but with parents, you. Parents have to be responsible for their children. And I can tell you from a great deal of experience, children don't wake up one morning and go, gosh, I'm 15 years old and I think I'll shoot somebody. That's not how that works. These kids are mentally disturbed. They have significant issues, Mm -hmm. and they have shown significant issues for an extended period of time. And nobody reacted to them or they didn't react sufficiently to them. And the next thing you know, they show up at the school with a gun and or at a workplace with a gun. And you got to admit that it is so much different today than it was when Mike and I were growing up or when you were growing up that you know the kids are under constant pressure for social media. They're under constant pressure by parents to do well and be in this activity and go to this activity and and, and uh, you know, succeed at school and succeed at life and succeed and drive, drive, drive and push, push, push. They don't have a chance to just kind of be a kid and go out and fall out of a tree and, and skin their knee and ride a bike and, and just be a kid. Well, Eric, you're right. But it goes back to the fact that it takes both parents working full time and sometimes two jobs apiece to make ends meet in this society today. And at a time when suicides are at an all-time high, drug addictions at an all-time high, we still have a society wanting to legalize more illegal drugs. So what do you think is going to be the results of making drugs easier to get for children and trying to desensitize society? Oh, drugs aren't that bad. Well, they cause death and destruction every day. And then the parents are all trying to make a living, and the kids are watching themselves most of the time because no one can afford child care. It's a recipe for this disaster to occur. It's easy for us to sit here and say parents need to do and parents need to do and parents need to do, but what can a parent do and what does 
the sheriff's office, do, do you supply support? Can I call the non-emergency number and have you folks help me out if I've got some issues at home with my teenager, or at least I think I have some issues? Sure. If you see something or hear something, say something. Keith River, all kinds of mental health centers. We have a Baker Act for short term to get people plugged in. We will help. We are the director of safe schools. We make sure that there's support and intervention at school so that they have support at school. There is, we've got a whole system that we've put together, and we do this to help the child at home and at school to make sure that they get help, the help that they need. But we've got to know about it. But if parents are going to hide it and cover it up, then we'll never know until it's too late. So if you see something or hear something, say something. If your child's not acting right, get the schools involved. You can go to your teach their teachers, the school counselors. You can come to law enforcement officers. Look, if a child's got mental health issues, we're not trying to make criminals out of them. We're trying to help them <laughs> yeah. before they become criminals. Right. Yeah, you you guys don't want to arrest people. You'd rather not arrest somebody and do all that paperwork. You'd rather just say, let me help you out. Let me point you in the right direction if you got some problems. And our mental health centers throughout Polk County are remarkable. They work together. They work with us to make sure that we help people who need help. But parents, if they'll, if they'll address these issues early on when they're small issues, most times they won't get to be large issues with their children. But once again, it's it's more difficult to parent today than there's ever been because they're in competition with a society that's just lost their mind out of control on social media. But that's that excuse doesn't work. You still have to take care of your children. And we will help, but you've got to help us. But more times than not, we're fighting the parents in order to help the child, and that's unfortunate. All right, we've been really pretty heavy for the last six or seven minutes. Let's. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I just want to thank you both for the uh, the excellent uh, interview. I enjoyed every minute of it. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why y'all pay that guy just to sit on the stool. <laughs> I want you to know that I was fact-checking uh, the whole time, and everything you said you were right about. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's end this with a, a laugh. No doubt you've got a quick little uh, crazy criminal story you'd like to share with us. Well, of course. Of course I do. You know, so we're going to arrest a guy for driving while his license is suspended, domestic violence, battery, violation of probation, because he's not taking care of his children, right? So we knock on the door of his girlfriend and say, hey, we think old Joe Smith's here, and we'd like to come in and look around. She said, sure, come on in. So we go in, we push open a bedroom door, and there is a set of legs (laughs) out from under a bed. And we said, uh, we said, Joe, buddy, but you know, you're, you're not eight years old. You don't fit under the bed anymore. I mean, we see you from the knees down. Just come on out. We you actually had to bump him on the toes. He was hiding. He, he thought he was hiding, you know? Wow. I guess that's, that, that's 
imposes the proverbial head in the sand. Yeah, right? that is <laughs> yeah. hilarious. Yeah, was not a very good hide and seek <laughs> player when he was a kid. Uh, but that's not near as great as the guy we asked. Do you have anything in your pockets? He says, "Yeah, I got meth," and he pulled it out and showed it to us. <laughs> then he informed us, "You can't arrest me, though. I'm on private property." And we go, "Do you think you're in California or something?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we informed him of Florida law and arrested him for his math on private property. Wow. I got to keep that in mind. I know, right? Yeah. I'm on private property. You can't do nothing. Yeah. Uh, you're wrong, sir. Yeah, you're yeah. wrong. <laughs> Come with me. Uh, listen, Sheriff, we'll let you run. Thanks so much for joining us, and thanks for uh, letting us take over the little interview today. I know you had some stuff you wanted to chat about, but uh, we appreciate it, and we also appreciate everything that you and the men and women in your office do for us. We appreciate you, sir. Thank you, brother, and y'all have a happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, Thanks. you too, man. Take care. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye, Sheriff.